Hello and welcome to another edition of Waltrip Unfiltered. We're at the Hangar Shoot, Fox Sports Hangar Shoot here at the Daytona International Speedway getting ready for the 2020 edition of the Daytona 500. This is my favorite time of the year and this is a special day. We've taken Waltrip Unfiltered on the road. We're not in our Charlotte studios. We're right here amongst them. All the drivers are filing through the studio here in Daytona. The hangar, you'll hear jets flying over. You're going to see a lot of anxious and excited and, and optimistic racers. And hopefully we can talk to your favorite race car driver. I know I'm going to talk to Jimmy Johnson. He's been in the news lately about the special year coming up. Plus pole sitter Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And just for the fun of it, we're going to have Clint Boyer stop by and talk about that big win his Kansas City Chiefs had in the Super Bowl. Be sure to tell all your friends about Walter Unfiltered. They can add us on their favorite podcast app. You can go to Fox Sports YouTube channel, see content from our show. We have so much fun here. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. So hang in there with us. We're going to have a lot of guests and a lot of fun, and we're going to do it right now. Hey, look who walked up now. We're here with Martin Truex Jr. Hi, buddy. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm a little warm. It's uh, here at the Fox Hangar Shoot. Got our digital team here. We're digital. You can find us online. <laughs> find you everywhere. <laughs> Big time. Last time I talked to you, it was after that big crash uh, in in the clash, mm. which I'd have to define which big crash it was in the clash. <laughs> but but I was confused because it looked like to me everybody spun their tires in something. But I talked to Denny, and Denny said, you know, the, 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 there's more power, so yeah. it's harder to get. What what do you take away from that crash? You, well, you did your job perfectly. You're just hauling ass. <laughs> I, I felt like I did a good job, and next thing I you know, wham, I get hit, and I'm driver's side into the fence. So, uh I talked to Newman. He said he felt like there had to be oil because he spun his tires so bad and it just turned sideways. But when I said, well, how did Denny go straight? He didn't have any trouble. So I don't know. I, I mean, 24, couldn't believe he got spun his tires as bad as he did as well. Um, he's still young. <laughs> Newman's not. Newman's been doing this a long time. I'm, I'm, I tend to believe there was something going on. I do Something too. weird. Like so. a, Keselowski came through there, you know? He had wrecked up in four. Yes. And he came through there. So if he's just spraying a little bit of something, it's these things have a lot of power. It's gonna if there's anything there, it's gonna yeah. be magnified. Yeah, for sure. And uh man, I just hate I can't finish a dang super speedway race. Yeah. Third is a pretty good spot to be in. You're like, oh yeah, if you stay up front, you won't get in the wrecks. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that wasn't the case. I've been wrecked in the front, been wrecked in the back, been wrecked in the middle. You were a part of I I don't know if I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I haven't ever asked you this before. I've been telling people I think Denny's move to win the 16500 was the greatest <clears throat> single move in the history of NASCAR. Yeah. I know that's a long time, but that's the biggest prize is is on the line. He mm-hmm. he had to go three wide. He the, the split-second reaction he had to get inside of Matt and then thinking his way to the checkered with you, Yeah, that was crazy. You, you came up on the short end of the stick, so you probably say – Screw you, Mike. Screw you, Mike. <laughs> but what, what would you say it was pretty special? Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it was It was a pretty amazing half of a lap. If you look at when he made his move on the backstretch and all that came with that, you know, that was – I mean, I think at the end of the Daytona 500, everybody's going to make that move. But the, the fact that it all worked out the way it did for him was pretty amazing. And, you know, I think he was um, – was he about sixth or seventh when he pulled to the outside and just timed it? Had the run, had the had the help, 
and everything just went exactly the way he needed it to. So uh, definitely a huge one, a huge move, and, and crazy that it worked out the way it did. And as you look back at that, <clears throat> I mean, he was in control because he had your door. Correct. There's nothing you you couldn't do anything. Yeah, the the biggest thing I needed was the yellow line not to be there. Like I couldn't get away, away from, from him. him, and so I needed to be, have more racetrack to get away, and I couldn't. So I mean, it was um, at that point in time you you want to be on the outside for that reason, and there's just nothing I could do. He said to me that he let off the gas coming toward the checker to to get just back a little, yeah. and then. I told him I didn't believe him. I mean, how can you have the checker flag winning, you know, waving for the daytime and you let off the gas? But it, yeah. it all worked. It did. It worked perfect. Unfortunately yeah. uh, for him, you know, not for me. But and y'all, y'all also had something really weird in common uh, down in in uh, Homestead, Miami, for the championship. You you got your tires mixed up and he got tape in the wrong place. Both yeah. maybe probably. The, do you think the two best cars? You and you think you were better than Kyle that day? Yeah, I mean, we were by far the best until the tire issue, and then, you know, we ground half the splitter off when we had the tires on wrong, and it was never quite as good after that. But, um, you know, the last run of the race, we, we cut four seconds or something off the lead. I mean, we were still the fastest car at the end, so I don't know. It was just, uh, just one of those things, you know, not meant to be. Um, it sucks two years in a row. Felt like we had the best car and, and finished second. So um, it's tough. It's tough to swallow you need all that time, that whole season to put all that together, to put yourself in that position and then come up short, it hurts. Um, and the fact sitting here that I can say I could possibly have three championships. Do you know what that would, I mean, that would be insane, Yeah. you know? Um, but, but also at the same time to be able to say that I was so close to having three is really a big deal, you know? And, and hell six years ago, uh, if you told me I, would, I could have one championship for the rest of my career, I'd be pretty happy. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Two Xfinities? Two Xfinities, one cup. And, um, yeah, just, you know, honestly, feeling, just feel blessed to be able to do what I'm doing at the level I am and with the people I'm with. And, uh, you know, my goal is just to try to keep it rolling as long as I can. So I'm excited for the year. I feel good about our team, and, and I think we can put ourselves in position to win another one. You know, you talked about the people you're with. One of them left. He, yeah. went, he went to Canada. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, what, what was what was that news like? A and A, not A. A. The letter or yeah, the, the letter, <laughs> not the expression. No. What was that news like for you? <clears throat> and what is it? What has it been like since? And where where do you feel like you and James are? Just give me a recap from yeah. from the time you left Miami to today. Yeah. So um, you know, went through most you know a lot of the off season there, and and felt. It's, thought things were just going to keep going the way they were and then i got a phone call from cole on a saturday uh saturday evening he's like hey uh i knew when he started talking it was serious that it was serious and then like three more words later i knew he was going to say i'm done because he's like i i've been thinking you know trying to think of a way how i'm going to tell you this and i'm like oh don't do don't don't do this don't quit on me you know and then but i knew it was coming and so we had a good long conversation then he came over to the house and we hung out for a while and told stories and just talked about things but I'm happy for him. You know, you can't not be happy for somebody that knows what they want to do, makes the decision. Um, and so uh, I'm happy for him that he's going to get to do something he loves and spend his, you know, time with his family and all that stuff. We're going to miss him. He was really good at what he did. No doubt. Uh, he was fun to race with. He was fun to be around. But um, I'll say that if I could pick anyone um, that I feel like is as the same as Cole, could do the same job does it the same way 
is James. Wow. Those two were attached at the hip, you know, approached racing the same way, made the decisions for each other, basically. Um, and, you know, James has been a big part of our success. Wow. You know, he may not most people don't know him because he's behind the scenes but the communication it would all run through all of us together and um he was a big part of you know the, the success and this this, this decision making behind the scenes with cole and i feel like he's going to do a great job so uh so far it's really felt like nothing has changed and that's a good thing you know james isn't a guy that wants to say i'm going to change all this i'm going to do this yeah. my way i'm going to you know this isn't right we're going to ch- He's just he wants everything to be this the way it's been right. because that's how he likes things as well. So it feels good. It's been seamless. Um, I feel great about it, and and he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun to be around and stuff. And the guys really look up to him. So that's those are the important things. And I feel like he's going to do a great job. Martin Truex from New Jersey, Cole from Canada, James from Australia. <laughs> what the heck's the deal with your international flavor? But I, it's fun though, right? It works. It's been working, so yeah, we'll just keep it going. Right on. Well, uh, Gabe Hart did a nice job of transitioning into Denny's new role. I know that's got to give you confidence too. We got to wrap things up. Your people are look at them, look at them over there. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean this is important stuff here. Thank you. Right, I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you got confidence in your organization, and I'm looking forward to watching your role. I do, and it's it's so great to work at, at JGR. I mean, there's it's so deep. You know, there's, I feel like, man, I. I just can't see us not running really, really strong and winning a lot of races again. So I'm excited about it. Well, we got a lot to talk about one day. We could cover some pretty <laughs> in-depth conversations. But yeah, let's do that another time. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. Yeah, see you. You never know where this is going with Mike. You never know where it's going, but we know where it's going to start. 2020 Daytona 500 pole sitter, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Thanks for stopping by. Walter Unfiltered, you impromptly stopped by when we were down in Charleston for – Denny's big event. Now here you are again. Thank you. Turns out, getting on Waltrip Unfiltered, you just start winning polls for the Daytona 500 because you had such success down here. So it's starting to rub off on me a little bit, Mike. Maybe we can can have the success you had. I hope so. You'd be a great Daytona 500 champion. You've... uh You've, you've, you've had some good runs at this place. Oh, had yeah. Some big moments oh, at this yeah. place. Um, what's the last three or four days been like for you? I know when you sat on the pole with your new team, Tad and Jody and Patty, everybody joyous. Uh, they swept you up and took you off to New York. Yeah, we uh, – it, it was kind of crazy, you know. I mean, like, win the pole and, like, I know it's it's a big deal, right? Stay Daytona 500. But then I guess I didn't really realize, like, you do a lot of stuff because of the Daytona 500 pole win and you know it's cool to see the recognition that you know this team is getting I mean they worked really hard this offseason like you said we flew up to New York and you know I just got to continue to talk about the Daytona 500 coming up but also just got to talk about how much I appreciate you know the guys working uh, in the shop non-stop all offseason for one goal in mind to bring fast race cars here to Daytona and you know they obviously did it you know when I I won the Daytona 500 I had a guy on my team my crew chief slugger labby and he just looked at that car and he would look at it closer than I'd ever seen anybody and he'd think well if that was tucked there would it go a little faster and he was just relentless in making sure I had the fastest car when I say that I say that because I think of Brian Patty Oh, he, for sure. He's that same guy. Yeah. Like, if he's there's a, for you. You know how he is. <laughs> if there's just anything, he's going to make sure that, that, by gosh, it's done. Oh, I mean, it's, 
the smallest details of that race car. Uh, I mean, I went in the shop Tuesday. They were loading the cars up Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Priest and I bought lunch for the shop, and we were in there hanging out. And, you know, Patty grabs a plate of food, then he's over by the car just kind of looking at it. And, you know, then he's starting to change things. And, you know, it's loading up Wednesday, and, you know, he's taking things apart, putting them back together, and, you know, just... You know, getting with me, making sure I know exactly when I'm going to shift and, you know, the exact things that I'm need, needing to do to, to make sure you get the most out of your car. And um, you know, that's a crew chief you want. And that's how you have success is when you have people like that. And I think the whole JTG Doherty Racing Team has racers in their shop like that. And, and it showed. So when you say do your job, I, I know how tense that is. You've you, you, you got to hit three shifts and you got to hold the steering wheel perfectly when when you took the checker did you say to yourself all right i did my part i couldn't have done that any better yeah so um you know switching teams and you know switching uh you know manufacturers and engine builders you know the taking off from pit road was a little bit different i felt like i had a little bit too much wheel spin versus what i normally would have you know and that was just playing with the throttle and you know we cool the engines off so much and uh, so that was one part that i was like i eh, probably could have done that a little bit better yeah. um you know but the car drove great and and like you said you, you got to do all those things right um i feel like it's 98 99 all car for the, for the pole run uh, but knowing that you were fast like saturday during practice we knew we were fast we knew we were going to have a shot at it dang that made me nervous for that yeah. qualifying run it's like don't screw it up <laughs> you can't really do anything to like just make up a lot of time but you can do things that'll you know hurt your time yes and and so that was kind of one of my more nerve-wracking qualifying runs at a speedway yeah when you leave if you lug it that, that then you got to run for two and a half miles thinking oh no messed it up and then if you <laughs> aim at that yellow line and you get too low and scrub the apron that's another huge mistake people you know, I know it's all carb, but you can mess it up. And, and to, to be able to, to get the pole and know that you had a, a small part of it. And oh, yeah. It's a small way to part. say thank you to your team. It is. It's cool. And, and you know, like you, like I said, that's what I've enjoyed about this week, going to New York, um, getting to promote our sport, our biggest race uh, of the season. Uh, it, it was pretty special to, you know, kind of have that honor to go do it. Uh, and then I'll also talk about how cool my team is. Yeah. And talk to me about New York. What when did you get there what, what was your favorite moments and and what all went down there's a lot of talk on the internet that possibly our president is coming down to, to daytona for the 500 did you did you hear those rumblings up in new york city so we won the poll and nascar goes hey we're leaving at six flying up to new york and i was like well do we have anything to do tonight when we get there and they're like no we're gonna, our stuff's gonna start in the morning i said can we push the plane back? Because I'd really like to go to my dirt race uh, <laughs> tonight. And so they they let us move it back. Went out to the dirt track race. Watched uh, my team. They started 18th, finished fourth. Great race. Jetted to the airport, and uh, we got to the hotel. Probably got to sleep around 1, 1:30, and then you know we're out the door at 6:30, headed to Fox, and you know going through Fox and Friends, and you know first things first, doing all these shows. Um, that was a lot of fun and uh yeah there's there's rumblings that he might show up and if he does uh, i think that'd be pretty cool to you know start the race from the pole that he's at if if he comes he's been going to a lot of sports events uh, around the the country this year so that would make it really even more special to win yeah um so you went north 
me and Denny and, and a bunch of your buddies went south. Yeah, y'all did. We went down to uh, to Grove 23, Michael Jordan's golf course. It just opened. and looked like y'all had a fantastic time. It was phenomenal. Uh, Heard the golf carts are fast. The golf carts haul ass. I mean, I I don't know how they do it. Like they keep going fast. You know, it's like, uh, and you know, and I love to go fast, but I'm thinking there's some people don't need to be going this fast. Yeah. But uh, all of us got together and and got you a pretty special gift. How how that was super cool. How cool is uh, tell the folks what 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 you got? So I get back from um, you know. I meet them back at the track and uh, go over to Denny's bus. They're all in in the bus. They got this nice bottle of uh, Michael Jordan's uh, tequila, his brand of tequila. Uh, They tried to buy it at the golf course. The golf course wouldn't let them. Denny talked to Michael because Michael played golf with y'all. And all of a sudden, Michael shows up with a bottle of his tequila signed uh to me for uh congratulations on winning the poll so that was that was a special gift and uh it's definitely going on the shelf <laughs> that's so cool and, and our buddy tom norwood got a hole in one makes a one at jordan's course yeah 220 out he said yeah tr- he said he hit a four hour must have been way downwind well the wind was more cross uh, i don't believe it heck of a hole my a- phone was messed up mike yeah so in our group no text, messages I had no eye messages, so I saw on Twitter that Tom got a hole in one. I I wasn't in our group text, and that really made me miss out on the the golf trip. Well, I want to tell you it was an awesome trip, but we were all so proud of you going up to New York City, representing the sport, making sure that everybody tunes in uh, Sunday on Fox, 2.30 in the afternoon to watch the Daytona 500. And I want to tell you something. I haven't told you this story yet, but... When we were at Denny's last night, I had, I had some hair issues going on. and You had you know, a hat on. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, but I looked at your hair, and so I went back to my bus today and uh, got, gave myself a haircut. Well, oh, you gave yourself a haircut? Yeah, I, cut, I pulled my bangs down there about down to here, and I just yeah. chopped them all off. and I, now Combed it over the side. Like I got a bit of a Ricky look going yeah. on. Do you see it? Oh, yeah, no doubt. And your hair grows great. You, <laughs> you, could, you could get you a good mullet going. That's a Mississippi waterfall. Mississippi mud flap and a Kentucky, Kentucky waterfall. waterfall yeah. yeah, we got it going Me on. Me and Mike, <laughs> appreciate you, buddy. Thanks yeah, for thank stopping you. by. Clint Boyer's joining us. You walk up, I've got a skint thumb, and said, "How'd you do that?" And I said, "I fell out of a Mack truck." You didn't see that one coming, did you? No, in the middle of telling me about his, his golfing endeavor with Michael Jordan, and forget that, you fell out of a truck. <laughs> yeah, the the Mack truck has this new steering assist. That's it, it's crazy. So the power, seen power it? steering got you. No, the the step. Threw, it literally threw you out. No, I just no. I went to step out of the oh, cab. You couldn't get in the truck. Oh, no, you were getting. I was out? getting out of it and I fell. I basically fell, but I saved myself. Just skint my thumb. Uh, but yes, just, I, just his skin is done. <laughs> all but cut it off. Yeah. Um, but yesterday I went and golfed at Michael Jordan's course and listen to what happened. This is really cool. I know you love golf. So let me tell you what happened went golfing at michael jordan's course and yesterday there's a golfer named ricky fowler oh that guy oklahoma guy i've heard of him yeah, yeah he's really good so he joins us on a par five this yeah. never happens this would be equivalent of of him outrunning you at daytona right on a par five there's uh on our third shot so hitting it to the flag for yep. the third time to try to get a birdie i hit it a foot he hit it a foot and then he hit it a foot the three of us now wait a minute there has somebody had to win 
Well, three competitors said, up there. Somebody's gonna win. We all three made birdie, right? And then he said his was clearly closer, which you know, didn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> was did, you, could, did you see today's media day? Now what, he what can he done now? forecast the future. He knows when the wrecks are gonna come. That's how he won. Oh, I see. That's a. And, I need that check. Uh, you know, that handbook would be nice to have if I could have that. Can you get with him on that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he, now he can call the Rex. That's when he backs out, avoids out of danger, there. and then just wins the race because he knew that that was going to happen. Oh, I see. All right, well, we'll have yeah. to get with him on that. But uh, <laughs> we had a good time playing golf with Michael. He's so cool and, and has a great course down in Florida. But now uh, – Wouldn't that be cool? Speaking of cool, hey, guys, you want to come play my course? Right. That's not like, let me. you know, your little practice putting range in the backyard. That's a full course. He does, there's no pavement. You leave the clubhouse. Sounds like Kansas course. <laughs> you leave the clubhouse. Doesn't sound like a you, Florida course. Pull right up to the green. You drive everywhere you want. I would have you thought have, the the course itself was paved. <laughs> no, it's grass. But you have you have your music on. You can play as many guys as you want. You can Eat. play music. Loud. Oh, I'd be good at that. And and and, and you can have nine guys. So you can actually beer. turn it into fun. Yes. Oh, okay. That's what they've done with Grove Twenty Three. They've made it fun for everyone. All right. And I won 50 bucks. I'm not supposed to kiss and tell, but it was pretty cool collecting off Michael. Do <laughs> so you want to talk about the Daytona 500? <laughs> well, let me cover one more Did sub. you know that that was going to happen? Let me cover. Hi, Brad. This is what happens when you get two people with massive amounts of ADD up here. Let me, we uh, fell out of a tr- The only thing we've accomplished in this interview is we fell out of a Mack truck, and Michael Jordan's golf course allows music. Uh, let me cover two subjects real quick, and Brad's standing here. I think he's wanting us to move on. Uh, so... I texted you New Year's Day because I run across you on New Year's Eve. And New Year's Eve at about 8 o'clock, I told my daughter, I said, I think Clint's pretty cooked right now. He's getting pretty good. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't see you for a while. We went on a big boat and saw some friends. Next morning, that's I, why he didn't see me. We were on some big boat. It was a big, he <laughs> biggest boat I ever grossly on. underestimated this boat. It is a big boat. So I text you the next morning and I, I just simply said, How you doing? <laughs> and Clint texts back two words over revved, <laughs> which means he got up against the chip and then some. Yeah, fast forward to your Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. It. Wasn't it fun? Wasn't that great? Just a, a great, great story yeah. all year long uh, for two years, man. They've been putting it together. I was at that championship game last year and you know as a racer, as a competitor, you always remember those ones that got away and Brady winning that g- I was so mad at that game. You know, offsides right at the end. Are you kidding me? Offsides? you going to call offsides? Yeah. And then to be able to come back and, and, and put it together and, and right in the same fashion in the last two games, you know, of, of bringing it around, making the turnaround in the fourth quarter and, and winning that game. Um, it was just, it was magical. It really was. It was, and it was so fun. I was down there. I was surrounded all of a sudden in San Francisco fans. Just, you know, you know, like when you're down and they know it, it's like people pounce on you. Right. Like they all just showed up. Of course, I was a loud guy with Chiefs from head to toe, socks, the whole nine yards. You knew who I was pulling for. Right. And it was like the walls were closing in on me. And then, oh, by the way, here we come back. Yeah. It was awesome. It was a lot a, of fun. It was a great, uh, massive, massive hangover. So, uh, the, the same text out text went out to him the day after the Super Bowl. How's it going? Over revved again. <laughs> so that's two times this winter. Is that it? I, no, I plan on over revving one more time, Mike. Ah, yep. Sunday night? No, uh, Monday morning I want a text from you, <laughs> all right? I know life has gone well and you've had a good night when Mike texts you. So st- please, Monday morning, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to that text. Well, I hope that text comes your way. It would be a great moment in history for you to be the Daytona 500 champion. The, the, the Chiefs sport coach you wore uh, was, I still was have it. special, so I, I look forward to see your attire yes, after yes. being a Daytona 500. And so champion. everybody always asks, and you come down here, you know, what, what would happen? What would you do if you won the Daytona 500? There's a bunch of boats out here. I don't own one of them, but I'm pretty sure if I win this thing, I'll figure out who does, and I'm going to make a friend, and we're going to be out to sea. You're going to hell of a time finding me for that little breakfast. Did you ever make the breakfast? Because uh, I know yes. you want to. I had to make it. Yes. Uh, it'll be a brunch, if not a late lunch, if I win. If you win it. Yeah. Um, so this, this, this moment in time, you had how good does it feel tell the folks you know you can win it you anybody can win <laughs> we just saw the clash yeah oh my god did yeah, you see you that? have a car that you got one yeah. of the favorite cars. so here's the thing when you know everybody asks well what did we just see with that clash what you saw is everybody's practice session everybody's scared to death you know you don't want to tear up that daytona 500 car you cannot tear that car up that clash was our one opportunity to go out there and put it in every scenario you can and see if it'll work, if if you know if those blocks are going to work, what you can get away with, and more importantly, what you can't get away with. We found all that out in the clash, and, and now we got to put it to good use and try to win. You know, I mean that's that's what I want. You yeah. said it, man. At this point in my career, it's time. Yes, it is. Good <laughs> So it's Waltrip Unfiltered, and a guest that we had on last year is kind enough to stop by our Fox Sports studios and do an episode. And I got a lot of comments, Brad, about how much they, people enjoyed listening to your insights and, well, and you, our Michael. time we spent together. That was yeah, it was, that was a good interview. You should go back and look at it for those watching if you haven't seen it on the, the podcast. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Daytona has not been fun so far for you. I yeah. would guess. Uh, am I guessing? No, right? I had a fun two days in Disney World. <laughs> I that, saw some beautiful pictures of you and the family. Scarlett no, looked no, beautiful. My daughter had a blast. Yeah. yeah. We were hot, tired, and, you know, ready to melt down ourselves. And then you see your, your kids smile, and you're like, oh, that's good. Couldn't, that's couldn't, good. couldn't get much better. I remember when yeah. my, my little girl, and Denny and I were having this conversation the other day. Uh, being a girl dad, it's it's something special. Like I, I thought I wanted a little boy, but when I got my girls, they they were they were the best. And so I want to just tell you something. Fast forward twenty. You got two girls, right? Yes, I do. Uh, fast forward twenty, almost twenty years. My screensaver on my phone is Macy and Caitlin when we were in Victory Lane at Daytona. No kidding. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, no matter how... I need one of them photos, Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to have one, I'm sure. It yeah. won't be long. It, it uh, certainly certainly is something that no matter how old you get, these memories that you're creating and taking your kids to Disney World, all the things that you yeah. get to do because of uh, because of of being a family man and, and, and racing cars yeah. at a high level... You got to just be so thankful. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, truly a blessing. It, uh, you know, you get so many opportunities. You just want to make the most of them. You know, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about Daytona specifically and behind the wheel in the car. Uh, obviously, very disappointed. It's been on the internet. We saw it on TV. You were mad after that wreck. Uh -huh. uh, where are you right now as you get ready to hop in that car and go racing again tomorrow night and get ready for Sunday? Well, I think we got a really fast uh, Ford. Um, you know, we're really fast Ford Sunday. I think this car is even a little bit better uh, that we have for the 500 and uh, handles really great, which is super important in the draft. The draft is you're getting such big runs that you got to be able to handle to make the most of them. So our team's done a great job of making that the case. And um, your new crew chief, that relationship, how do you describe, how do you, how would you break that down so far? Yeah, I mean, I, so far so good. He's, he's been uh, a steadying hand that uh, has given me a fast race car in the one race we've had this year. So, uh, you know, it, we've got a, a great opportunity in front of us. 
yeah. win a lot of races, go for a championship. Right on. The significance of a Daytona 500, for, for me, it just defined my career. You're a champion. You've done so many great things. Uh, but but you, you'll never be able to just say, well, that's just another race. Because no, no. Daytona 500 is just, it's not just another race. It's a big race. It starts the season. Uh, you know, it has all the legacy of the sport, you know, with respect to Daytona and the history of NASCAR. Um, you know, has the biggest crowd, highest ratings. You want to win it. That's right. Biggest purse too, but yeah. Yeah. The as a kid, memories of coming to Daytona. I know your father raced here. What 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 do you recall? It's cold in Michigan. Yeah. Well, I remember being a lot warmer. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and I remember the beach. You know, it's my first time going to a beach as a kid. Was here in Daytona. I remember the track and just how big it is. Massive. I mean, you you know, when the first time you pull in. You just can't appreciate that on TV, how big the track is. Yeah. I mean, you go to a football stadium, and you can see the other end. You go to Daytona, and you, wait, so there's another corner? Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, just such a massive facility. So uh, that was probably my first impressions. And and it's crazy because I came here probably 20 years before you, and I, I the – the size went, but the, those angles of those banks, I'm like, yes. so they're going to go on that? Yeah, don't, when they fall <laughs> off? Yeah. How do they do that? Yeah, I know, absolutely. It, uh, it's an incredible facility, and I think they built it in the 50s. It's right even on. more mind-boggling. Yeah. Yes. Who had that foresight? Mr. France had it. Had the, both the foresight and just, how do they even do it? <laughs> you know, I, I can't figure that out. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for your energy. Thank you, Michael. Make sure you uh, get things heading in, a, in the right direction this weekend. We're ready. Appreciate yes, it. Sir. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we're honored to be joined now by reigning cup champion, two-time cup champion, Kurt, Kurt Busch. <laughs> Cut. Um, Kyle Busch. Kyle, thanks for joining us. You're really not going to redo that? Nah. People know I'm not real Jeez, good at this job. you are not very good. No, okay. All right. <laughs> I love your brother. He was just in here. I know. That's why you got it mixed up, yeah, right? That, that messed me yeah, up. Yeah, you had and Kurt on the mind. I get it. Everybody's back here telling Jimmy Johnson's stories, and I've been really thankful that i've got to sit here and listen to all the admiration and the respect for that man he's yeah. it's well deserved it, it very much is well deserved i mean obviously he's coming to our sport and made a name for himself and he's done so much for this sport and the way that he's carried himself through the entire time of him being here and and just the charisma and and the the championships the seven-time champion that he is i mean it's pretty cool to to see him announce his announcement his retirement that he wants to go out and um and to be able to have his final year like this well, he had a decade. He had an era. And yeah. I said on Race Hub the other night that we might be watching you have one of those. <laughs> uh, a couple years ago, you got your first championship. Now another one. You still got 8, 10, 12 good years left in you. Do you do you ever think about that, that what possibly could be? Or you just race your butt off and forget it? Uh, I mean, yeah, you certainly kind of think about it in the back of your mind. You're like, man, if I could do this, 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 and this, that'd be pretty awesome and pretty special, right? But... Um, you, you, you can only think about that. I mean, you can't live in fantasy land, so you got to be able to go out there and achieve and, and um, be aggressive in the moments that you know that you think that you need to be aggressive and uh, to go out there and get everything that you can get on the racetrack. How, uh, as you look at 2020 and where the team is, uh, you, you probably don't think you're going to miss a beat. The, the Toyotas right. are strong. Your organization is buttoned up. Uh, feel good about the year, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. I feel pretty good about this year, especially with everything kind of going on in, in NASCAR with a new car coming and the freeze-on parts and all that sorts of stuff. I mean, we feel like we're in a really good position. There was probably a few of those races, given a couple different circumstances. We, we probably could have won more than what the 19 was, but we'll leave, we'll leave it at 19 because that's what it was and, uh, and hope that this year can be just as successful. 
Well, it's been a great off season, obviously, celebrating a championship. I saw you and your beautiful wife down in the Bahamas. You got to hang out with my daughter. Yeah. Uh, Boyer was there. We, we had some... Sorry about that. I didn't invite him. <laughs> we, we had a pretty good time down there, huh? Yeah. Celebrating the, the New Year. We did. It was a great New Year's Eve and New Year's celebration. That's my wife and I's anniversary, so we had a fun time while down there and hanging out with Mr. Stalupi and, and yourself and your daughter and Boyer and everybody just having a nice time to uh, kind of let loose and, and be away from all of this hectic chaos that we all put on uh, with 38 weeks out of the year. This is sort of the last breath before it all starts. Tomorrow night's a big deal. You got to get a spot in the race. We know it could be crazy as it gets sometimes late in the going, but uh, have you had a chance to breathe during the off season and say, all right, I'm going to go at this one as hard as I ever have, but I'm going <laughs> to maybe enjoy it more than I ever have. Yeah, not really, actually. Uh, I would say the, the first chance of taking a breath was right after the banquet we came home and that week I had nothing on my calendar because I was like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to chill out. Right. And, um, the night of the banquet was a little rough for much of us afterwards, trying to get back going again. Uh, the, the hangover might've been a little too long, but overall, uh, that week was really good to chill out. And then it was holidays. Essentially. I was still working, doing some little things during the holidays. Nobody's really, nobody else is doing anything during the holidays. So you're kind of shut down during that time. Um, but we were down in Atlantis, had fun down there. And then of course, um, once the new year hit, man, it's been full push forward on, on getting prepared for this year, doing some other business things that I've been doing on the side as well too. And, um, really having, having, um, fun while doing it as well. Uh, tell me just quickly about your truckers. How do you feel yeah. about 2020? Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we, we've got a fired up group. They're ready to go. You know, we've got Christian Eckes and we've got Raphael Assard who are our full-time guys going and racing for the championships on their, on their teams. And then uh, we've also got um, Chandler Smith, who's going to race part-time schedule with myself uh, in the 51 truck. So uh, we've got a couple other seats we need to we need to fill in. We haven't gotten all that squared away quite yet, but uh, we'll have three full-time trucks like we have the last couple of years. You're going to put Biffle in there again? He did pretty good. I mean, he he did do pretty good. I heard he was a slouch through practice and everything else, and he bought and he backed into that one. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, let me know if there's an empty seat because oh, yeah? I've been I've been working out. I've oh, lost some weight. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd like to run a, a nice. truck race. Uh, all right. We'll see about that. How about a Speedway one? You're pretty good at the Speedway Ooh, game. Oh, Talladega. Yeah. I like Talladega. All right. Well. Uh, look forward to seeing you around this year, and congratulations on the championship. Really enjoyed, Kurt. Uh, Kyle, you being here. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> that was that was to be funny. Okay. Well. You'll let me slide. Thanks for having me, but I'm not coming back. <laughs> Damn it. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> Joining us now on Waltrip Unfiltered is Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion. You've, you've been in the news, buddy. I have. I have. <laughs> People are talking about you. People are talking about me. I've heard a lot of nice things about me since I've announced that this will be my final year. It's kind of funny how that happens. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting if, if the theme is humble, kind, gracious, and great. Um, coming from California as a kid that raced motorcycles and goofed <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, 20 some years later how does that feel i mean it's overwhelming i'm sure it is and i mean you know i feel like i've uh kind of opened the door to let things in over the off season after making the announcement and uh and the, everything that's happened so far has brought nothing but excitement i'm so proud of the journey i've been on and clearly what i've accomplished um but that's not only just what's gone on in the car you know outside of the car and the friendships and relationships that i have in the sport mean mean so much to me and uh I'm fired up. My team is. My family is. And we're in Daytona. It's time to go. Yeah. Um, racing has a way of humbling you at times. And obviously, when, when you don't win and you're used to it a lot, it's even harder, I assume. Um, but but 
the optimism and the team that you have around you and the, the momentum you had at the end of the year so is do you, are you as fresh and as ready as you feel like you've ever been maybe not as fresh <laughs> you know i think the the grind of of 19 years certainly takes its toll but i'm as excited as i've ever been and what's bringing that excitement is watching cliff daniels lead this team watching mr hendrick lead the company uh, the great sport I have from Ally, you know, all of that stuff, you know, drivers say it all the time, but, but it's so real. We have a locker room environment in these race teams and, and with these race cars that happen and uh, the locker room that I have right now and the guys that are ready to go to war with me right now um, energize me and, and really going to make this year fun. What did you learn uh, in the Bush clash? Not crash, but... Well, I was going to say crash. <laughs> uh, I don't think our car, the Chevys, can push like the mm -hmm. others can. We still have too pointy of a nose. And then this part is on us. I don't think we have the right setup to receive a push. Our cars were really uncomfortable being pushed. And that's something we're going to work hard on over the, the practice sessions that we have leading into the 500. Right on. And then you head out west and the grind begins. This new Chevy has to uh, bring some more optimism. You have numbers, the wind tunnel. You know what you got, and it's better, right? Yeah, from a efficiency standpoint, for the you know same downforce if not more, you know, big win. That was one of our goals, especially this 550 horsepower package. Uh, you know the varying ride heights in the back of the car uh, make all the difference in the world, and we just were a little limited um, at tracks where we had to trim out last year. And I think we'll have more range for that now. Um, so I, I'm excited excited for the year. And we also got a new engine. So we're, it's not really more power, but a lighter um, lighter engine. We can put weight lower, which mm -hmm. is good. How about that? Um, trimmed out. You mentioned that. Sunday morning you ran a half marathon again. Was that one of I your did. better times or right, that, at, right at it? That was uh, it was close. It wasn't a PR day, but still a respectable run. I, For myself, I didn't put as much training into it as I normally do. And I ran really fast, so I was excited about that. Well, is that supposed to happen? Yeah, I think so. We're at an airport. I know, but that seemed like really fast. Normally planes are like shutting off. Maybe they're practicing for something big that's going to happen on Sunday. Look at you. How about that? Look at you. Smart guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by and have a blessed and wonderful year and enjoy every minute. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So last week on Walter Unfiltered, we talked about the 2001 Daytona 500 and everything that it was emotionally, mentally, the challenges, obviously, uh, it was a sad day. And, um, you know, that, that was a hard one to walk away from. But you, you go on, you push forward, and you, you keep digging. And that meant you go back to Daytona in 2001 July for the, for the race, uh, the Firecracker. And what a triumphant finish that was. Dale Jr. taking the checkered flag, me right there pushing them home. And you go back to the 2002 Daytona 500, you know, a year after the tragic events that occurred in 01. And we, we, we had a great car that, that day. We won our qualifying race, and we were in a position, I think, to win the 500. And the crazy thing about that day is I had a parts failure underneath the, the front end of my car. And when the part fell off, it, it hit Dale Jr.'s car and blew his tire out. But the the um, it messed my car's handling up. I think I finished fifth that day. But when we came back for the 2003 Daytona 500, um, we had all the confidence in the world. We won the 2002 July race at Daytona, and so we headed there with um, with a car and with a team that I felt like we were going to be the the car to beat, and that was certainly the case. From the time it was on, you know, we unloaded it. It was fast. 
Slugger Labby and the team, they just worked so hard to make sure that every detail of that car was perfect. And let me tell you something about a range-shortened race, which the 2003 500 was. The dominant car very rarely wins a range-shortened race because, you know, you, you've got the fastest car. You're not going to worry about strategy. You're going to just worry about winning. And on that day, we've seen a lot of upset winners in a range-shortened race. Just look back to July of, of 2019 uh, when Haley won. You wouldn't have seen that one coming, right? The same thing on that day could have very well happened. But my team did an amazing job of, of knowing that we could be racing just past halfway, understanding the rain and the weather, and then putting us in a position to, to be out front when the rain is. Think about this. If you know it's a 200-lapper, you know how to win at lap 200. But when, it's, when there's weather in the area and it's going to be rain short and especially as short as this one was, I think 110 is the laps we went, something like that. How do you know? How do you plan for that? You don't know when it's going to rain. But that, that particular day, we, we did an awesome job of, of being up front all day. Um, there was a late restart, and I was in second. I think Jimmy Johnson was leading, but I'm not sure. But I know Dale Jr. was on the inside a lap down he had had an issue with his battery and right behind him was christian fittipaldi so we're riding around coming to get the green flag and this is a pivotal restart this is the end and when we, we we're coming around i'm assessing things uh, i'm thinking okay jimmy will get a good start was it jimmy i think it was jimmy somebody good was leading jimmy's pretty good um and then dale jr was on the inside and i was like okay jimmy will get a good start dale will get a good start Christian Fittipaldi, he's sort of a rookie. He he doesn't know all this. So if I do my job, when the leader breaks and Dale breaks, I'll be able to jump to the inside as soon as we cross the start-finish line, get behind Dale because I didn't think Christian would get a good start, and he didn't, get behind Dale, push Dale past the leader, and grab the lead. That was my plan. That's how I had it pictured working. And when the green flag flew, everything worked just like I had thought it would. And I got down and behind Dale, pushed by to the lead. And um, I think a few laps later, somebody wrecked. And the caution came out. And then while the caution was out, it rained. And that move, a move that, you know, wasn't as dramatic as Denny Hamlin's 2016 pass up in turn four when he grabbed his checkered flag. But it was technical, and it was precise, and it was well thought out and well executed. And um, I'm, I'm really proud of that move because that, it was hard to pass in, in 03. There, there wasn't a lot of passing. Uh, you had to really think things out. And we were able to think it out, execute, and um, be leading when, when the rains came. And a uh, side note, at about 6 in the morning... Monday morning, me and a buddy are sitting by my bus, drinking wine, still, and it's raining on us, still, and that was the best feeling in the whole world. Yeah. It wouldn't matter how long you waited, it, it rained, it rained all night, and we sat out in the rain all night and just reflected on, on what was a, was a great day for, for me, for, for Dell Earnhardt Incorporated, the whole team. And Napa Auto Parts, all our sponsors. Uh, that that was a that was a fun one, and we got to 
we got to celebrate. Now, don't think that we we didn't. Uh, it's it's weird, you know. When in '01, it was so sad after the race. There was no there was no smiles and no celebrating. And um, in '03, we still had Dale in our hearts, you know. And we're in Daytona, and and he was he was Daytona, and so the 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 wounds will never heal from the passing of Dale but uh, I think that the rain falling from the heavens setting outside and and um, thinking maybe Dale was up there watching what we were doing that that was a special day so probably probably my favorite win of my career was the 2003 Daytona 500 and um, that was for many many reasons and um, Daytona special and that one that one made it even more special and I hope you enjoyed our program as much as I did please tell your friends about our podcast Walter Unfiltered they can go to their favorite podcast app and add us and share it with their friends and see the content on Fox Sports YouTube channel share your questions with us on Reddit on Twitter on Facebook Instagram wherever you like we always are scrubbing the internet to see what you're thinking and we look forward to your comments and your suggestions and answering your questions. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is Michael Walter reporting. The Daytona 500. This isn't just another race. It's a run at history. Sunday at 2.30 Eastern on Fox.